This is Passing for Normal, conversations with authors, artists, activists, and awakeners about how they are seeding change in the world. I'm Sharon Weil, author of Donnie and Ursula Save the World, the funniest book about love, sex, and GMO seeds you'll ever read. But mostly, it's about everyday courage and what it takes to get there in your own personal, even unconventional way. So join us for fun and insightful discussion with some very inspirational people about how to turn purpose and passion into action, while at the same time, passing for normal. Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal. Today my guest is my dear friend and creative playmate, the multi-multi-talented Jackie Welch Schlicker. Jackie Welch Schlicker is a consummate creative being, Nashville, Tennessee's favorite in the performing arts as an actor, singer, writer, director, and voiceover talent, and now she's up to her elbows in clay as a potter. Above all, whether it's on stage or on the wheel, Jackie is an improviser, known for her sharp, adept, and dry comedic improv skills. Improvisation and transforming the unexpected is a key element in all the different expressions of her art. Jackie has also combined her 30 years of improv and performing experience to helping others cultivate their own serious fun and creativity as a personal development coach and owner of Visions Manifest Coaching. I wanted to engage Jackie in conversation today because not only is she an amazing artist in all these expressions, but because she's so articulate about it as a translator of her own experience. I'm so excited to have a conversation that gets to the heart of the creative process itself, creative play, no matter what the playground. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here, that we can have this conversation with others listening in. It's a conversation that we often have um, uh, between ourselves, but now others get to get to share it as well. That's right. That's right. So they can just pull up a chair and get ready. That's right. Pull up a chair and get cozy. So, Jackie, <laughs> you know this show is about change. And what I see in you is that after all these years as a celebrated performer, and you're still performing, you're still a performer, but you have this new passion for working in clay and that you're able so well to translate your creativity from one form to another. So mm. in order to understand that, that there are differences in the forms, I'm also assuming that there's something that's common to all of it. Can you talk about that? Yeah. You know, Sharon, I would say that the thing that is common in it all is um, – well, the obvious, first of all, the creative aspect. Uh, there's a there's a listening involved. There's a communication involved, and there's a sharing. Um, and so, whether it's you know singing or directing or writing, you know there's there's dialogue going on, and even with pottery, there's dialogue going on, and you know, you're connecting with your your inner world, you're connecting with the outer world. There's a lot going on when when you're in any kind of creative expression. Absolutely. So um, can you just describe your creative progression 
just to locate us in your process, like, you know, you started out as an actor, and can you just give us some of that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to go back just a little farther than that um, because it all connects. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a very creative environment um, here in Nashville. I grew up on Fisk University campus, mm-hmm. um, a historically black uh, university. My father was on the faculty, and I was exposed to a lot culturally as a child. Uh, I mm-hmm. saw my first play there. Um, I heard incredible music with the Fisk Jubilee singers, um, just poetry and writing and all kinds of stimulating dialogue was going on around me all the time. Uh, and as I grew up, I I was more interested in, you know, following a path of a professional life, professional in the sense of a doctor, attorney, or something that was going to put a lot of money in my pocket, hopefully, but also, you know, provide some security. Uh, and went to Duke University, uh, majored in psychology, fascinated by just, you know, what this human journey is about, and particularly psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last semester I took an acting course, uh, just as a credit, just as something fun and different. And the door opened at that point uh, to explore what this creative thing was I was doing. So I started acting uh, and, you know, skipping several years of am I an actor, am I not an actor, what am I doing? I finally mm-hmm. admitted to being an actor started directing, did a little writing, sang a lot. I was, as I said, exposed to a lot of music, so music was always part of me. And singing, I played violin, I played piano as a child. Um, And then, uh, you know, became a professional actor. Now, that also meant I did some other things. Together, I I worked at the Bluebird Cafe, now very famous. Um, Mm -hmm. And as a waitress, I did temp work. um, And... Uh, you know, just I was so thrilled to be able to do something that I really loved to do, and that was acting. And I would do whatever it took to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, the, my my acting journey began kind of on a whim, and then there was some resistance on my part to even admitting that this was my quote unquote career path. Uh, and later, I um, I decided I would I would sort of had run my course with that. I was staying in Nashville, and, and at the time it, it, things were a bit more limited than they are now, I would say, I started doing improv just for fun and uh, still enjoy doing that. Um, you are so good, I just have to say. You are <laughs> so good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then uh, also on a whim decided to take a pottery class and found myself in that place of, how can I do more of this? How can I do more of this? Well, if I take, you know, one three-hour class, maybe two three-hour classes is better. And then uh, became a member of an, of an artist co-op where I have studio space and display my work in the gallery there. And, you know, it's, the story continues. So that's kind of the, that's the abbreviated version. <laughs> yes, and in and in there also you um you also became a, a um personal development coach where you right. were taking where you wanted to give back so to speak and help others uh sh- shape their lives according to some of the principles that you learned about yeah. about how you shape a life. Exactly. How exactly. You, shape, you know, how I, you use 
yeah, kind of my, my clay at the time was my own emotions, my own uh, life experience, my my mind, my body, all of those things that were just that I carried with me on a daily basis, whether it was onto the stage or in front of a camera or, you know, into an office to do Templar. Um, you know, that was my clay then. And, um, you know, I, I really saw that, you know, when I was solving the problem, when I was figuring out how I was going to uh, make ends meet, I was I was still being creative. I was yes, still yes. figuring out and and doing the listening and the responding that I did as an actor, as I did as an artist, um, and you know, and finding a way to express myself in that way. So, becoming a becoming a coach uh, really grew out of my desire to help people recognize that. You know, we're all we're all doing this, you know, and just being aware of it. It's like improv. We're improvising right this moment. Uh, and yet once we put a label on it, you know, we, we can kind of feel a little stiff and feel a little self-conscious. But is there a way that we can be present and conscious and aware, uh, even though we know that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next moment and what will what will come? Uh, and what we may let go of. Right. So, so let's talk about improv for a minute because it's at the core of all of the work that you do, and it's it's also when we start talking about clay, it's at the core of the work that you do with clay. So, you mm. know, what are like what are the important things about uh, being an improviser? Obviously, mm-hmm. like you say, meeting what comes. You don't know mm-hmm. what's going to come. You've got to be open, right? You have to listen. Right. 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 And, you know, I I, I think everybody knows or certainly a lot of people know about, uh, you know, the principle of of saying yes. And not only just the principle of saying yes, but also the and of it all, you know, building on what comes. And I think that's just a really kind of a, a, a fun thing to look at on the one hand, you know, can you accept what life is giving you? Can you accept, you know, as we say around my house, the gift seen and unseen, um, you know, being tuned into uh, all of what's going on around you and being able to use those as your tools, you know, looking at this beautiful sunny day, can I take advantage of this in some way? Or do I want to mold this into something else and, and, and you know, use it as something to work against, you know? Do I want to stay inside or do I want to get out? into the sunshine. Um, let's see, I'm losing my thought here. But anyway, I, I, I well, think so then that... Let's take this into, so let's take this into clay. You know, you say, okay. you said to me that clay has been your teacher or it's your, it's your current teacher right now, and this is yeah. where you meet yourself. Yeah. So how yeah. is that happening? Yeah, well, um, first I'm going to give you a little contrast about this because, as I said earlier, you know, my clay at the time, and I wasn't thinking of it in those terms, but were my emotions and feelings and thoughts and body and all of that when I was acting, when I'm doing improv. Um, clay is, is a different scene partner, if you will. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, It's got its own language. You know, it has its own uh, properties. And I'm working with, you know, an unknown oftentimes. And so, uh, you know, when I'm improvising with Clay, when I'm sitting at my potter's wheel, I'm, I'm kind of in a question of 
not just what will this be, but how will this become what it wants to be with my assistance? Or how can I shape this piece of clay into something that I see? Can we collaborate on this? Can we agree that this is going to be a bowl? Uh, And what kind of bowl will it be? So, yeah, it's teaching me, you know, from a different perspective of just drawing on my past experience and and using that as sort of the, the foundation for what I'm what I'm putting together for an improv performance. It's giving me something fresh and new and different uh, that that sits outside of me, and yet is very much connected to me through my hands, through my desire to uh, create a new shape, to explore what happens when there's a mistake, quote unquote mistake. Uh, can I build on that? Can I find the end of what's just happened? and accept that into, um, you know, into what's to become. So, yeah, it's teaching me that in a way that's literally Um, Mm hands-on. I can't sit at the wheel and not have that experience. Right, and over and over and over again, right, because you're, Mm -hmm. you're making another pot and you're making another bowl and you're making another bottle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I heard a, a, a well-established potter, because I've only been doing this for not even two years. It's about a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half. And I heard a very experienced potter say one time, you know, when you find a form you want to make, now make a hundred of them. Because mm. you, you you do put your body, and there is a muscle memory there, but, but there's also, um, you know, every time you throw... Uh, and which is making a shape every time you throw a different shape on the bottle and you want to or on the wheel and you want to make the same shape say a bottle um, your your muscles have to remember what to do. How did you make that last one and then you got to deal with the fact that well, your muscles do get tired and you 've been sitting there a while, so bottle number five is probably not going to be the same as bottle number one just simply because time has passed and there 's been more experience. And mm-hmm. I can sell all that too, Sharon, to to the theater. It's like a performance, you know. the 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 closing performance is is, is always a richer and deeper performance than opening night. Right. So, you know, you just have it kind of compressed a little more with with pottery if you're doing, you know, the same bowl again and again, or a plate, or a cup, or or a bottle. Right, and and you were talking about mistakes, you know, that mistakes can actually lead to uh, great new discoveries or great, amazing end products, right? Yes, yes. And I'll I'll share something else, too, that that, um, it's um, along the lines of the collaboration that I had mentioned. Uh, I recently did a series of bottles, and I did one that turned out serendipitously shaped like a pencil. And it was almost a milk bottle shape, but excuse me, but it had uh you know, I I flattened the side so it, it looked like a pencil. Mm-hmm. And but the top of it was a little blunt and uh not a problem. And I'm putting color on it with, with underglazes and it's it hasn't been fired yet, but I'm putting color on it. And because the color I was adding was wet the clay was absorbing the moisture. I reached at one point, just sort of absentmindedly, to pick this bottle up by the neck, and it broke at the point. Mm-hmm. And that blunt 
piece broke off into a very uh, pointed uh, cone shape, which looked very much like a pencil point. And my first reaction was, oh, no. And then I went, oh, there's the pencil (laughs) There's the point, and so it was like it was a true collaboration with the clay, with gravity, with water. It was it was the perfect thing. So yeah, you just you never know if you've asked for something like that. Like I'm going to make a pencil. How much you know? The elements come and help you out with with your design. Yeah, and talk about like break down that moment where you went, oh no, and then oh. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about how you get from it's supposed to be this way, I don't like it, it messed up, to making a genuine new discovery? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, you know, a part of it, part of the invitation and the teaching in that particular bottle was it was it was a discovery all from the beginning. I mean, I was going to just paddle the sides and I had it square, and then I paddled those other corners and. I had this pencil shape. So I was already in a place, I think I was already a little more open um, to accepting what comes. Now, the oh no of it, I think, was more reflex. I think that was more, you know, it was a knee-jerk reaction. But as, as, as quickly as I said oh no, I mean, I saw it. It was right there. It was like all of a sudden there was a pencil but it couldn't have been made without my picking it up the way I did. So I was I was following some guidance, some instruction that I wasn't aware of to mm-hmm. to reach for that bottle the way I did as absentmindedly as I as I did it. Um I just think it was it was a uh, it was just a little nudge that I wasn't that I was listening to on some level deeper than just, hey, how can I get this to be a point? Because I don't think I would have done it that way. I don't Mm -hmm. think I would have risked that way. Right. You mentioned earlier about listening and the Mm -hmm. importance of listening and deep listening. And it's really interesting to me because a number of the guests that I've been speaking to in different disciplines talk about listening and the necessity for deep listening. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start first with improv. It's, it's, uh, you know, and I'm speaking theater improv literally here. You know, it's, it is about listening. Um, so often, um, you, you come onto the stage with your brilliant idea and, you know, before you have a chance to get it out, someone else is sharing their brilliant idea. And I have to listen to that and be attuned to that and respond to that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, my, my idea may um, assist that one, but I may also have to let it go. So being aware, that's when I think of this thing, that's what I think of, being aware that I have, you know, ears in my fingers when I'm at the potter's wheel and I'm, Listening mm. to the play, you know, is is, is and there's a question I'm I'm asking: Are you are you too wet? Are you too dry? Uh, do I need to speed up the wheel here? What's gonna What's gonna happen? Because the clay is is content to go where it wants to go or where it 
where the the scientific uh, forces are spending it um, by virtue of it being on a wheel, a spinning wheel. Um, but I'm I'm listening and learning how to communicate so that it understands and so that I understand, so that it gets that I want to make a belly here, that I want this to bow out this way. And it's telling me I can't do it that fast. Mm. Go slower. Go slower. Take your time. Not that much pressure. Oh, a little more pressure here. Um, mm. So there's a, there's mm. a listening that's going on uh, in everything. And, of course, you know, as a singer, you're listening, you're, you're tuning into the music and the rhythm and the energy of, of what's going on around you. Um, as a writer, you know, um, there's, there's all kinds of conversation going on with, with characters and stepping into imaginary worlds and scenes and, and tuning in, being aware of what's, what's coming forth. Right, what's coming forth and then, um, and then trusting, right, mm. trusting that that you're hearing accurately, <laughs> or that was yeah. you know, oh, characters are talking to me now. You know, can I trust them? Are these really the characters? Is this just me making it up? Um, yeah. And then and then your response. So for you, I mean, for so many years you've been in this listening, trusting response you know, movement, cycle. Mm -hmm. And I know Mm -hmm. also to mention that you, you know, have been in a deep spiritual practice for many, many, over 30 years. And Mm -hmm. so um, what part does all of this play? How do you, and I think this is something that so many people want to know and that so many people struggle with. How do I trust? Okay, so I learn how to listen. How do I trust what I hear? Hmm. To allow that then to become the impulse of response. How do I trust what I hear? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think the, you know, part of it, I would say, in my experience, is, you know, the act of trusting connects you to that, to that guiding principle, mm-hmm. to the, the spirit behind whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not just a empty action. If you know, if I tell someone, if I say to you, I really trust you, there's something that happens just in that communication. Mm-hmm. And so right. there's a there's a reciprocation of trust in that. So I think there's room there's room for the learning. And the teacher shows up. There's room for the learning and having that trust, and trusting yourself enough to say, "I've come far enough to be ready to take this step." Because we're all learning how to how to trust ourselves, number one, but also to trust that we've got all the support we need. So if you are in doubt that kind of drains a little bit of that trust, doesn't it? It 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 pulls the plug on it a little bit. But you want the full feature 
you plug up that hole and let go of the doubt. It's it's better to jump, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the sense of um, you know off the cliff and and as they say, sprout your wings or let the floor rise to meet you. You know, um, that's right. Well, if if listening is a direct relationship, a direct open relationship between you and what you are listening to, whether mm-hmm. it's listening to Clay, whether it's listening to a character speaking to your voice or a character on stage, or whether it's listening to uh, nature, right? It's a direct, mm-hmm. it's a direct relationship or direct communication that does get clouded or static by mm-hmm. self-doubt, right? right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. that leap that you're talking about is just the willingness to trust, right? Especially right. as we're learning a thing or we're coming into a thing. It's like, okay, it's like, you know, when I was writing this script and this character started talking to me and telling me what to do, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll listen. And when you listen, yeah. that happens, right? When you listen, it happens. And so in clay, you know, when you listen to what the clay is saying to you, like you say, this developing this language, then um, then it goes somewhere. Flow opens, right? Creativity yeah. can move. Yeah. I like to think of it as like hacking away the sticker bushes. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like clearing the path to connect. Mm-hmm. Clearing the path to connect. I really like that. Uh-huh. Because the, the, the and, and that's the way you have to go. Because that's your path. You know, if, if, if anything else, you're learning to release the doubt. That's a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. So if, if, you get to the, if you get to that place of, of, you know, the sticker bushes of doubt in your path, you can turn around and go the other way. Um, and maybe, maybe there's another route. And, and it's a good chance there is or at least another opportunity, you know, clearing away that, clearing away the fog, the sticker bushes, the whatever you want to call it, the stuff that's in between you and, and where you're headed. Uh, it takes time. It takes patience. It takes love. It takes, you know, it takes being, it takes listening to yourself, you know, and being kind in those moments. Mm-hmm. Being gentle with yourself in those moments. Uh, of doubt and um, and giving yourself the patience to go again and to go again. And every time you probably get a little further, at least that's worked for me. That's worked mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. It's funny. I yeah. find that when I'm, when I'm, when I'm making something and again, I'm, I'm as I say, a puppy potter, pretty young at this. Um, I find that if I haven't thrown anything on my potter's wheel for several days, it takes a while for me to get back into that zone, and, and mm-hmm. I lose a lot of stuff, and things collapse on me. And but I have to go again, and I have to go again. And at some point, it always flips where I can just put a lump of clay on, and I can just go. I can you know pull mm-hmm. the walls up and shape it, and do this and do that. And it's like I'm not even, I'm not even. Uh, it's like I've dusted off all the things I need to dust off to get that clearing so that I'm there, present, tuned in. My body knows what it's doing. I'm not rushing. I'm taking my time. I'm loving what I'm doing. And uh, there's no doubt. 
and that feeling of no doubt, that feeling of of just being absolutely in it and it's taking you, that is the reward in itself, right? Yes, absolutely. Or it can be. Yeah. Or it can be, you know, that, that feeling of being one with or that feeling yeah. of, of, you know, no thoughts and it's just happening. And I wanted to bring in a word that you often bring in, which is play. And the yeah. whole idea of arriving at these things through play. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's why I like to say a puppy potter, because I, you know, I'm not a baby, I'm a puppy. No. <laughs> and, like uh, puppies are playful, right? That's right. And, uh-huh. uh, and that's, that's kind of where I am, you know. There, there are times when it's just, when I can get in that zone, and, and I, I do, I do love to watch children who are in that place creatively of, being so connected to whatever's right in in front of them, they're focused. You know, they may even have a scowl on their face as they're trying to figure out which crayon to use, you know, which paintbrush to pick up. And uh, it's it's that kind of place of just curiosity and um, exploration and a willingness to just put something put something in front of yourself just to, you know, make that circle, make that, make that house, make that blue, you know, dog, whatever, whatever the thing is, to just be willing to put yourself out there because that's, you know, that's what the world is for. Put ourselves out there, connect with others. Mm. That's so beautiful. That's so mm. beautiful. Jackie, we could talk forever. <laughs> And we do. And we usually do. (laughs) And we usually do. And our time is coming to a close. I love the trail that we've traveled here about about improv and play and, and ultimately about connection, like you say, with others, with other with with nature, with clay itself, with the act of creativity. I love it. So you are in Nashville most of the time. So Jackie how can people find you and learn from you and spend time with you? Well, I'm on Facebook as Wild Hair Pottery, W-I-L-D-H-A-I-R. I have dreadlocks, so I call that my wild hair. Wild Hair Pottery. <laughs> and I also have a website, wildhairpottery.com. And that is um, uh, obviously online. And, and as uh, for my coaching... I have Visions Manifest Coaching Services, and that's also online. And um, my Twitter, I think I'm still Jackie Welch, but I may be Jackie Welch Schlicker. Um, I'm out there. I'm easily found. So the Mm -hmm. internet is my friend when it comes to that kind of stuff. (laughs) Well, I want to mention that, you know, um, probably should have mentioned this up front, that you and I have done many creative collaborations together. And each one of them has been such a joy, including this last one where you were the voice of M. Earth, Mother Earth, for the trailer yeah. for my upcoming audio book, Donnie and Ursula Save the World, and how That's perfect, right. how perfect you, how perfect you are for that. So, so well, it was are. fun to do, Sharon. I'm glad. I'm glad I could. We could work that out. So that was that was great fun. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jackie, you are um, 
really, you know, I just love the way you understand um, something about the mystery of what you do. I was going to say that you understand what you do, but you understand the mystery <laughs> that's at play in what you do and that you're able to put it so beautifully into words that others can kind of follow that trail. And, you know, in talking about change and looking at change in all kinds of ways, to be able to be fluid in creative change, which I feel like this is what this conversation has been about, is um, mm-hmm. is such a gift and it's something that people can learn and it's something that you have already in this conversation taught us about. I thank you. Well, thank you, Sharon, and I, and I do hope it's it's helpful. So my pleasure. Thank you. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about seeding change in the world. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to PassingForNormal.com. That's Passing, numeral 4, Normal.com. Her novel, Donnie and Ursula Save the World, the funniest book about love, sex, and GMOs you'll ever read, is available in paperback, Kindle, and now as an audiobook wherever good books are sold and at DonnieAndUrsula.com. So go out and do something brave today. M. Earth and I thank you.